We need to pursue. And I do bear witness on my own journey that I am and have over the years learned more of what it is to have self-control. I am yet to master it. I don't expect to master it in my lifetime, but I do expect to continue to grow in it and to understand its implications greater for my life and for those around me. Self-control, God's control. I wrote this as I was crying out, really. It's a constant fight against our flesh, okay, about what we want to do. Our desire to do what we want to do or what we think is right, saying what we want to say, how we'd want to say it, when we'd want to say it, to, re to react as we feel justified, in essence, serving our own agendas. God's control is good control. God's control is your self-control. As with all things, it's, it is by his spirit, amen? And praise God for that. God not only asks us to be self-controlled, but he gives the Holy Spirit as a guide and a help for us to receive that gift of self-control. In Matthew 26, 41, it says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the fresh flesh is weak. It even tells you, God even acknowledges that our flesh is weak. It's not hidden, it's known, it's acknowledged, and we need to kind of acknowledge that that is the case. Therefore, we will be open to his spirit to give us the control that our flesh simply doesn't have through its weakness. And it is all in his word. We don't have to, we don't have to worry about knowing what we should and shouldn't do and how we should be and what we should say. It says the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. The self-control that is spoken about here, the spirit of control, is by his spirit, but it is in his word, as you will see as we unpack this this morning. And why is self-control so important? Well, coaches stress that self-control is vital. We must make decisions. We must make decisions that are based on reason, not fear. On reflection, not in haste. A lack of self-control will compromise yours and my judgment. It will compromise common sense. It will undermine our confidence and confidence in us. And the truth is this spirit of self-control, if not controlled by his spirit, will impact those around us. As I know too well myself. Self-control is a, is a big thing. Its influence in our lives, if we're able to show it, is great. But also its implications, if we have a lack of it, are also significant. Without it, you can allow so much into your life. With it, you can allow the right things into your life. Without it, you're unlikely to be the full blessing that God wants you to be in other people's lives. But with it, you're able to bless others through your own self-control. One of the fruits of the Spirit that 
ricochets out to the people and the circumstances that you find yourself in. A person who works to allow God to control them, to live his agenda, to serve his kingdom, will themselves be blessed, amen? As with all these things, the blessing is for you and for those around you as you seek to walk closer to God. When you read the word and you look at the, the implications of, of, of God control, of self-control, it's almost as if, if, if you have no self-control, it is as if the defenses in your life are not there. But if you have self-control, there is a defense and a strength and a security that God brings into your world and those around you if you can be self-controlled. In Proverbs 25, 28, it says this, like a city whose walls are broken, broken through is a person who lacks self-control. The concept of that is in these days when this was written, if you had a city that had no wall, anybody and everybody Anybody and everything could walk right into your city. Amen? And that it is with self-control. A lack of self-control is simply not having any barriers or any defense matter. And in will walk into your life whatever wants to walk in if you do not have the barrier of self-control. And equally, everything that is within you, and not all things within us are good. Amen? Without a wall, without a barrier... Things that are not good within you can walk right through that barrier into the lives of others and they can have very, very significant impacts. As I know, the message version, same verse says, a person without self-control is like a house with its doors and windows knocked out. Same analogy. If you had no doors and no windows, basically anybody and anything can just walk right into your home. It just walks right in. There's no defenses. There's nothing to stop it. But with a door that's controlled and with windows, you're going to control what comes into your house. Amen? You're going to control it. You're going to say, no, no to that. But equally with self-control, the reverse is also true. Without any doors and windows, everything that is within you, what you might think or your flesh would want you to say, do or act, simply has no barriers to stop it just going out of your home to the people and those around you. Self-control is the windows and doors of our life. What we let in and what we let out. No self-control. Anything and everything can come in and everything and anything can go out. But with self-control, you're controlling what's coming in. But also you are controlling what is going out into other people's lives. I want to be really practical. As I was looking at the whole sense of self-control... As with all the fruits of the spirits, uh, vast would be the understatements of the year if I told you how much there is on self-control in the Bible. Amen? It's vast. So I've felt for myself initially as I was preparing, and I hope it's for you, I'm going to be really, really practical about some things that I believe God can help us all with around bringing self-control into our life. Is everybody okay with that? So we're going to be pretty practical. So um, these three areas... Uh, four areas I believe can really help all of us in this whole journey of self-control. And you'll be pleased to know that the fourth one is what to do when you get it wrong. Amen? <coughs> so as you go through this, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> as you go through this, you'll think, oh no, oh no, oh no, but don't worry, number four's coming. Amen? 
and number four is coming. But let's do the first three. It's what I call the 30-second rule. Now, we're going to give, uh, we're going to give at the end of the uh, service, we're going to give you a couple of these little cards that I'm wanting you to put in your wallet or put in the back of your phone or put on your fridge. And they include these four things. And the first one is this. The 30-second rule. Okay. The 30-second rule is just one of these rules that I have often ignored. Amen? Thanks for that, son-in-law. I really appreciate that. That's great. There you go. Someone near enough for me knows that. Okay. I have. Okay. Thank you. It's my daughter didn't say that, actually. Just you, Simon. So. Okay. The 30-second rule. The 30-second rule. We're going to stop for 30 seconds starting now. Just watch how long 30 seconds is. There, 30 seconds. In some ways, it seems ages, doesn't it? But you'd be pleased to know that if you're awake for 16 hours a day, you have 1,920 of those every day. So there's plenty of them. Oh God, had I given some things a 30 second rule. Amen. Just 30 seconds. When something in you wants to say, or do, or speak, or decide, or judge, or do, you're about to do something, the 30 second rule. I believe if all of us, by his Holy Spirit, were prompted at all times to just go 30 seconds. I'm just going to give myself 30 seconds. I'm just going to do a quick prayer and I'm just going to open myself up to the Holy Spirit. I believe that in those 30 seconds, I know personally that I would have saved myself and others from significant challenges. Amen. And I know that my life would have more reflected God in my own life and in other people's lives. So my first thing is 30 seconds. Matthew 26, 41 says this. It says, watch and pray that you do not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the fresh, the flesh, fresh, the flesh is weak. How many times in the next few days will you be about to do something, think something, say something, decide something, where if you gave yourself just 30 seconds and just went, before I do that, say that, think that, Send that, speak that. I'm just going to go. Holy Spirit, your control, God. And I waited 30 seconds. We'd been a, I think we'd been a, a better place, amen? Because we'd have brought God into the situation. And it's only 30 seconds, amen? Only 30 seconds. The amount of times I did check with Lizzie um, before I said this, um, the amount of times I say things to my wife where if I'd have just waited 30 seconds, yeah. 
You know, when I speak to my kids and anger comes out, I wish I'd waited 30 seconds, amen? Okay. But that's okay, because number four's coming, amen? <laughs> Let me show you this a little bit. So, I liken it a little bit to this. A few little examples to try and help you. So, not everything we think is wrong, please don't understand me, and many things we say are right. Everybody okay with that? And it's the same thing, oh, I'm not on screen now, I'm on screen, there we go, okay, okay, great. So let's say, for instance, this is something you want to say, okay, or you want to do, this food color, and this is your world, and I've just got this, and I'm just going to say this, or do this, I want to let you know that once it's out, it's out. The only control you can give is when it's in the bottle, which is when it's inside you. This is where you can apply the Holy Spirit to it, because it's just in you, amen? It's in your house. You're deciding whether you're opening the door and letting it out. It's in your, it's in your mind. It's, you control it, because as soon as you let it go, you have let it go. Okay? And there is nothing nothing you can do and as you're watching this water that it's not just an instant thing it has a life of its own it grows and affects and expands and it's quite a big deal and I know that I have let too many colouring bottles Go. Amen. Without stopping for 30 seconds and saying, do I need to let the color go? Amen. But don't worry. Number four is on its way. So the first thing, a 30-second rule. What you say will impact others and yourself. We underestimate how strong our words can be, our actions can be. In James 2, it, it talks about taming our tongue. Everything comes through the tongue. If you can imagine the biggest door into your life is what you say, amen? In and out, in and out. What you say, what you say to others, what others say to you, it's, the, it, it's just how it is. So James 3, 2 to 18, these verses speak so much into the second part of what I'm about to say. It says this, it says, we all stumble in many ways. Hallelujah. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take a ship as an example. Although they are so large, they are driven by strong wings. They are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of a body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great fire, forest fire is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue, can also, the tongue also is a fire, a world of evil. Amongst the parts of the body, it corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and it, and is itself set on fire by hell. 
With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praises and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can of olive, can an olive or a fig? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. They're really sobering verses. Yeah, when we speak, which I have, when we speak against brothers and sisters, that's not right, and it's the lack of self-control. However, with God, amen? All things are possible, and praise God, it doesn't stop at verse, it doesn't stop there, but just four verses later it says this, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit. It's impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. So once you've grabbed yourself in the 30-second rule, amen, then the next thing is reflect before you respond. To think before you respond, once you've gathered yourself. And these verses give you a blueprint of really how you should respond. And my question to myself, and please hear me, this, this talk has been more for me, I think, than you. Amen? Amen, everybody? That's the case when you're preaching. It, if it doesn't hit you, it's probably not right, because we're all the same. And this is the question. Is your response and are your actions, so what you're about to do or say or send Facebook, Twitter, what you're about to write, what you're about to share, is it wise? Is it just straightforward wise? Is it pure? Is it peace-loving? Is it considerate? Is it submissive? Is it impartial? Is it sincere? And is it merciful? That's quite a list, amen? But that's what we should be thinking as we decide to do something. Does it embody these very challenging and very high bar stuff? Everybody okay that this bar is really high? Everybody okay that number four's coming? Everybody okay? But if you just think about those, just reflecting on what you're going to say will increase the God control, amen, of what you're going to say, amen? God working. Reflect before responding. When you do speak, it's vital that consideration and prayer has been involved. Please remember, as I have learned many times, that the peace and grace to seek first to understand is a really important part of self-control that I am endeavoring to get better in, to not presume, as I often have, that things are just how I see things. There are always, always, always two sides to every situation. To endeavor to listen, to leave the door open, that you may change your mind. Not to overemphasize what you think, but to ask questions and to seek first to understand before you make a decision.
Proverbs 18, verse 7, it says, in a lawsuit, which is a dispute, it says, the first to speak seems right until someone comes forward and cross-examines. How many times in my life have I decided on something? I mean, really decided and spoken on something, only later to think, I should have asked some more questions before I said that. And that doesn't mean that at the end of this process, you agree with what other people have said or haven't got the opportunity to speak. But speaking after going through those two things will endeavor a greater control on what you say and will also limit the impact of what you say for a good outcome for you and the people that you speak to. So we've waited for 30 seconds. Are we all okay with that? We decided to think before we speak. That doesn't mean, by the way, after you've spoken in prayer, that you shouldn't be willing to say some things that need to be said. Everybody okay with this? It's okay to say things. If it's okay. That's, that's, that's okay. And then the third one is, can it wait 24 hours? Because once it's done, it's done. Can you wait a day or say to yourself, I'm going to allow God to really speak to me before I say anything? Patience waiting for God's wisdom and giving him time to intervene is a great part of self-control, one of which I have left out on too many occasions. But when I am determined to increase in my life, patience, 25, 28. Like a city whose walls are broken down, there's a person who lacks self-control. Patience. Patience, patience. I'm sorry, that verse is in the wrong place. The, verse, the next verse is the verse I meant to bring. Proverbs 16:32. Better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. Better a patient person than a warrior. I've got another uh, example of that uh, third part about waiting 24 hours. And it's, it's a blowtorch. Okay. Don't worry, it's all right. I've been trained in blowtorch use. Okay. So basically, it, it's a little bit similar to this, but it's, it's around what you contain within you and what you could say and what you could do and what you could decide to do. So in this, if you can imagine, this is us. And there's lots of things in here that need to be really well controlled. Can everybody say an amen to that? Can we just have an amen to that? Just have an amen. Please someone give me an amen that we've all got stuff inside us that we need to control, okay? Are we all all right with that? We've all lived long enough to know that is true. And basically, it, when it's inside and you're working on it, it's quite controlled. It, it do, it's not, no one's gonna know about it. Everybody okay? You don't know about it. But once you decide to say something, once you say something, once you say something, once you say, it's gone. It's out. I mean, you can't feel this because you're not near enough. But the heat that this thing gives off, yeah, you can feel it. And once it's out, it is out. A spark. That sense of patience. This isn't to say that we shouldn't say things. Amen? This isn't to say that we shouldn't make decisions. This isn't to say that we haven't got things that need to be said, conversations that need to take place, but the spark, once you touch the button, it's out. 
You can never get that back in. It is out. And I know to my detriment and to uh, pain that I have made mistakes and I have pressed the button too soon. But once you press it, it's out. Amen? So my third thing is wait that 24 hours. And the final part, which is the part I think I've all been waiting for, is the fourth thing. So what do you do when you've either not waited 30 seconds and just said it, when you've not allowed time and patience for God um, to help you, when you've not reflected before responding, and you know that you've lost, you've lost self-control, and you've done something that you really wish you hadn't done. And this is where the fourth one, I feel, is a really important part of this message. It's humility and repentance. When we fail, when we get it wrong, when we know we've got it wrong, when we know we've overstepped the mark, then what? Well, praise God. In Jesus, all of us who know him as their personal savior have got an opportunity to put things right, amen? God can take the food coloring, the food coloring out of what you've done. God is able to do that because he's an amazing God. And how does he do it? He does it through these two things in my experience and opinion. We know we get things wrong. We will make mistakes, ill-judged wrong decisions. We'll say the wrong thing in the wrong way to the wrong person at the wrong time. We'll jump to conclusions. We'll judge others without, before knowing the facts. We say things that hurt. We simply lose our self-control. I bear witness and praise God for his grace, that he is able to cover our mistakes, that he can and does provide a route forward. And my experience tells me that the route forward starts with humility. The ability to realize that we have done things wrong is a real gift from God. And I mean deep humility of knowledge that you've done some things wrong and that you could have done things in a different way. And there are a few people here in the room today will know that over the last few weeks, I personally have and could have done things in a different and a better way. Okay? But I know. I know. I'm not justifying. I just know I could have done things better. And that inner sense of humility, of knowing that you could have done something different or better, that you've made a mistake, that inner humility... I believe is the beginning of God's grace for when we lose our self-control, amen? My experience has been that his grace does cover our mistakes, that he can and does provide the way forward. Able to realize that we've done things wrong. And the second is a contrite heart. Be able to genuinely say, sorry, admit that you're wrong. Again, I checked with Lizzie. Um, Lizzie says that when I very, very, very occasionally, very rarely get things wrong, 
said, yes, that's what she's written. She hadn't. <laughs> when I regularly get things wrong, when I regularly say the things I regret when I've said them, amen. She says that when she knows, because she even can judge my sorries now, if the sorry goes up, it's not genuine apparently. So if I go, well, I'm sorry. I don't count apparently. She even knows the, the intonation that I need to have. And I tried my very best to change it even when I don't believe it, and it doesn't work. <laughs> Amen. Everybody else with me on the sorries. We all know the sorries. And it's the same for the men as well. I'm just saying that, all right. <laughs> but she says the moment, which sometimes takes me a few moments, or maybe a day, when I say, Lizzie, I'm really sorry. I'll let you down. I'm really sorry the words that I used. Please forgive me. I'm really sorry. That humility to know that I was wrong and the humility to say and apologize when we're wrong, I believe is God's Holy Spirit way of bringing around repair for the lack of self-control in all our lives. And as leaders, it is a magnified situation on decisions that you take. But I believe God is able to do abundantly more than we could dream or imagine. I'm going to finish with these verses and then I'm going to give you, in fact, I'll give these out while I'm going. So what I'd like you to do with these little cards, I think we maybe have up to one or two each, okay? Um, mine's in the back of my phone because that's the place where I need to take 30 seconds occasionally. Anybody else? Okay, and the other one is in my wallet, okay? It's not about spending things, it's just that I see that quite regular. And these little cards just say these three things. The 30 second rule, reflect before respond. Can it wait 24 hours, humility and repentance. So it's quite, should have just said that, it'd have been a lot quicker, wouldn't it? But anyway, <laughs> could I ask if you could, could you do that for me? Could you just hand those out to people? By the way, please don't, don't if you only want one, you, you take, could you take those for Joseph and then just finish in two seconds, yeah? Some of you may want to start at the back, I don't know. So we're going to start handing at the back here. There you go. Okay, let me pray while those are being handed around. Read these verses and close in prayer. Two Peter three to ten says this. Let's look at the words on the screen. And let's follow him with our heart and with our spirit. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promise so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add faith, goodness, and goodness knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of, law, of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever who does not have them 
is nearsighted and blind, forgetting what they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that is so direct. Father, I pray that you would take the words that I have tried to reflect to your heart and your spirit as I prepare, that you would take them and that you would encourage everybody who hears this word, that there always is number four, that you're a God who can make all things new, who can redeem mistakes, who is a God of forgiveness, whose grace is able to do abundantly more. And Father, we ask, we ask, each of us ask, that you would give us the gift of self-control, of God-control, and that we would bring you more into our lives, our decisions, our relationships, and our serving of you here in this kingdom that is your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you.